Gaming and BS episode 208 coming to you Wednesday, September 12th, 2018. The Gaming and BS Tabletop RPG Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show, folks. Welcome back. If you've been with us before, if not, glad to have you here. Sean, how the hell are you, man? Brett, man. Welcome back to home. Yeah, it was, uh, I just got back from QCC, Queen City Conquest, in uh, <coughs> wonderful Buffalo, New York. Uh, Christine Zach and a bunch of the other guys. Well, it's like the misdirected mark kind of homecoming thing, right? They're all in the, um, in that Buffalo area. So it was pretty cool. So she's a, a super of, geek team. A lot of gnomes. Oh, gnomes Christ, there were gnomes there. everywhere. Oh, ah. she couldn't couldn't sling a dead cat without hitting a gnome. John Arcadian was there. Uh, Andy and um, Sunda from She's a Super Geek were there. Oh, my God. Angela Murray was there. Gnomes abounded. It was fun. I had my wife and my two little kids with us. Went to Niagara Falls, and uh, my little kids gamed their fool heads off. Played Artemis, because uh, Artemis was set up. They liked that. Mark Knappick was there. And um, he was my kid's favorite captain on the <clears throat> when they played Artemis. They liked that. They thought that was fun. They got to. They have played Cipher System now. I've I've still yet to play Cipher System. They're like, we want to play. I'm like, you want me to play? No, we want to play without you. Oh, okay, go go play. <laughs> so Aww. so they sat down. We're playing Cipher System. They had a really good time. What the hell else? And then Lana played in a different game. I don't know what it was, but something about goofiness and and fairies. She had a lot of fun with that. AJ and I. And Ilana played. Ilana bailed on the Trask game partway through. I think it just was too. John Arcadian's Trask game, War of the Trask. It was fucking gigantic. And uh, they, there was a great big Adventures League event going on. So, John, we didn't have a lot of players. And at first, I'm like, I don't want to. I mean, I fought the Trask last time I was at QCC. I didn't want to jump right in there and take a seat. But Ilana was clearly kind of like, want to go play this fairy game. And she's like, well, but I want to do both. I'm like, all right, how about this? I'll sit in and I'll play. So AJ and I each had two characters. Uh, Arcadian was gracious enough to horribly dismember Alana's barbarian on her way out. And Alana thought that was awesome. <laughs> and then we fought the Trask and it was, uh, it was hell. <laughs> we, we lost three quarters of the party. We ended up being able to teleport the Trask somewhere else, which was nice and kind of reset things. But it was, uh, it was a hell of a brawl. Hell of a brawl. And then I ran my blacksmith smiley Avalon game and, uh, my trailer Cthulhu able to get some dry runs in in a con setting before I run in my game hole con. And both of those went over quite well. I had a table full of Flanagan's for my Avalon game. It was Tom Flanagan from Knights of the Night, two of his sons also from Knights of the Night, and then his brother Mike, who's also one of the Knights of the Night crew too. So, and then Rose, one of Angela Murray's friends who's played with me before, showed up. So, I had basically a table of Flanagan's. It was a hell of a good game. Then Tom and Angela both got in on my trail game. The two other gentlemen I had not met before, Mike and Connor, if I remember correctly. And uh, so I had a full table of four there for that one. That was fun. Much horror ensued. People went crazy. Someone got shot. It was good. I hope that all happened in a game. I, I don't. I was. It was a blur, Sean. I honestly don't remember how it all <laughs> happened. It was just such a blur. Uh, as it, it was a heck of a good is. con, though. I mean, if, if you can, if I could ever drag your ass out there, dude, it was fun and worth the time. Yeah, I'm sure. Hell of a good time. A lot of good people there. So if you're ever out there, anybody else, if you're anywhere near Buffalo, can get to QCC, it is totally worth your time. It's a wonderful small con, tons of fun. Got to meet um, 
uh, Aloy Lasanta, who was there. And uh, when I met Aloy, Sean and I have been interviewed him, if you listen to us, twice on the show. We've had him on, and I thought, man, I hope this guy's as cool as he and nice as he is in person as he is online. And it's not true. He's actually nicer and more cool, which is really, which is fucking amazing. That guy's awesome. He's just really, really cool. So um, I'm positive I met other people there too, but he was just he was from like a special guest perspective, he was the most awesomest of them all. It was really cool. Let's see. Okay, that's just my QCC quick wrap. What do you have you done with your game hole stuff? You got it all in? You done? Get your games in? You ready? Yeah, I uh I have my game in. I think I am gonna run something off grid and I haven't decided what that's gonna be. It's either gonna be maybe a Tales from the Loop, Kids on Bikes. Or maybe The Veil. Uh, I'm reading multiple books kind of at the moment. Even a little Delta Green, I busted out that PDF and started reading Did Delta ya? Green. Yeah, so Sean is in full uh, full gamer ADD mode. Ooh, shiny. Uh, oh, my God, look at this. Oh, Ooh, man. new dice system. Ooh, look at that. It's so terrible, ladies and gentlemen. Like, And I have to run Tomb of Annihilation yet, and I bought Dragon Heist. Oh, you did buy Dragon Heist. I did buy Dragon Heist. Well, you know, it's the new, it's the new shiny. It's funny because I haven't bought anything else. Like I haven't bought Storm King's Thunder. I haven't bought Ravenloft. Um, none of those. Oh, I, I picked mean, up um, shit, Harlem Unbound. It was the Trail of Cthulhu. Yeah, I bought that while while I was at QCC. They have that at uh, I'm bored. Yeah, I just had, I saw it at QCC. I'm like done. Mine. It's a really cool looking book. Yeah, it's it's big, big form factor. Yeah, it'll go on my shelf with the other things I have yet to read, but it's gonna have some really cool stuff to it. Yeah, wow, and that's powered by the apocalypse, huh? No, it's not. I thought it was. No, it's Trail of Cthulhu. Oh, that's right, it is Trail yeah. of Cthulhu. Yep, I forgot. I did pick up in the PBTA world. I did pick up uh, Phil Vecchione, his Ashcan version of Hydro Hackers. Got to support Phil, yeah. so I grabbed a copy, and it looks pretty freaking cool. It looks pretty cool. Did he run it for you? No, he didn't. He had full tables. I kind of wow. wandered by and I'm like, no, nope, he's got packed full tables. So I didn't want to muscle my way in there. As long as they're packed with others than Chris or Bob or. No, there was a great, it was a great people that I've not seen play it before. Yeah. Mo Tusno was there. Ah, Mo. He was another guy I got to meet. Yeah. The Canadian from... God of Gaming was there. So that was awesome. He's oh, Wayne, own... Wayne Chang was own... there too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Wayne now, gave me whiskey. Mo's, Mo's got his own podcast now. Yeah, tabletop bellhop. Tabletop bellhop. He's uh, so. he was he was a cool guy to meet too, and Wayne Chang. I've met uh, Wayne before when I was at QCC two years ago. Visionary comms, Wayne. Exactly. So way back in the early days, Wayne was posting a lot and referencing our show. Yep. And then of course he was on a couple episodes again with Christian. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's always good to meet meet folks we come across online. And, and Wayne Wayne bought me whiskey, so. I love Wayne. Did he really? Yeah, he, wow. he did. What each kind? time he's each time he's coming to town. Every, last time and this time, I told him I said, "If I come again, you can't keep buying me whiskey." But he's giving me a bottle of Crown every time I've gone. Oh. Every time I show up, I'm like, dude, you don't have to do that. But it's really nice. That's Let's good see. stuff. So Wayne Chang from mm. Manifest Zone. If you're not listening to that, Manifest Zone, Advanced Insight, and he's got yep. another one too. I think we're the Dark Sun one. Camera with that. Oh, is. yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I'm probably. I'm positive. It's. I am positive. I'm missing people. Camden Wright was there. Matt Camden. Who else did I meet? Shit. Other people. 
Yeah. The, list, the list goes on and on. I don't have time to list them all, Sean. That's right. We got a show to do. Uh, Evercon.org. We're going to jump over there. So we're still open. I found out. I completely forgot this. Um, John Arcadian, speaking of special guests, went, so how come I'm not invited to your con? I'm like, John, it's in Wausau, Wisconsin. He goes, I know. That's where my mother's family's from. I'm like, oh, my God, that's right. He's like, it's an excuse to go see family. Oh, I'm yeah, coming. Well, I'm like, you're goddamn right, you are. Well, so hopefully, on, hopefully we can solve that, and he'll bring us to Rask and beat the hell out of some people in central Wisconsin this next January. That'll be fun. I would be interested in meeting John. I I, I don't interact with him a ton online. I have but, a, I have been given strict orders from just about everybody I meet that you were to get untold volumes of shit for not attending my convention yet. Oh yes, yes. of course. I, so know. That, I know. That's going to. I know. That's going to keep happening. Just. I know. Just I know. Oh, I absolutely, man. There's oh, yeah. a. I'm sure a lot of people like. What the hell? What the hell? Some friend oh, yeah. you are, asshole. I know. That's yeah, a I know. I get guys it. Guys like me. Guys like me are thinking that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I totally get it. Trust me. I get it more than most people have any clue. Oh, I know you do. They really, I really do. Because I live in an industry that is like this, that. Yeah, like, I know. I do it good naturedly. You actually live at your industry as people who aren't kidding when they tell you that shit. Yeah. No, I understand. Trust me. And I, I deserve every piece of of shit that people will give me for not going to Brett's con. I totally get it because I work in an industry where I've done quite a bit of few for other people and they're, they're, yeah, I get it. That's okay. Yeah. I'll cry so, a little bit off mic. It'll be fine. Well, hopefully, I mean, yeah. One of the things that is a pain in my ass is that I've got a dog, I've got a pill and I'm the only person that can do it. Otherwise I would have went out to Buffalo or I would have went out <laughs> to Connecticut. Like I have relatives out in Connecticut that had a That's right. big, big family deal, and I, I was not able to go because my dog wouldn't get his heart medicine, and my dog needs heart medicine. So commitments. I know that's pets are tough. Weak. Pets are tough, dude. It's like pets and well, kids, man. They make things. People are hard. like, well, just board them, and they've got people that can pill them, and you get you know all this stuff. A vet can do it, and blah blah blah, or whatever. You know, it's not that hard. And I'm like, the last time we went to Gary Con, Brett. Yeah. It was it was a fiasco. My my dad and my yes, he survived, but they were they no, were I remember. hiding treats and you know pills and treats. They were just like he was spitting them all over the place. He was just a big pain in the ass. And yeah, that was short. Dad's so. not here. Fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just take that guy's mug and I'm like, here, I'm gonna stick them down your throat. You're you're gonna like these pills. They're gonna save your life, god damn it. Oh well. Yeah. So I Joys get it. pets. Yeah, so January, yes, I I plan on getting there. You know, just, maybe I'll bring the damn dog with me. Who knows? Just one day, show up on Saturday. Best day. Oh, I I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm totally with. Trust me, dude. Totally. With I you. know. I know. But there, that's the <clears throat> this month's uh, pound of crap for Sean. Gamecon right. is fucking dude. That's gonna be here. Like, hey, right Matt quick. Mercer. Oh my God, Matt Mercer! Living under a rock, man. Matt Mercer is gonna be at freaking Gamehole Con. Um, they happen to land him, and then so. Without us reading off the details of how it's going to work, we're going to sum- summarize this in a nutshell. Is if you are going to Gamehole Con, you are probably on the email list. If you're not on the email list, get on that. Uh, if you're interested in coming, if this is a draw for you because you want to meet Matt or what have you, then great. Because event registration is already out there and they make guests run events, Matt is running an event that you you can actually partake in and his he DMs. You put in 25 hours to get in that event, and it's a lottery system. 
So yes, you are having to pay $25 for a chance to play with Matt. But well, that's kind of like the Dungeon Master did. Oh, he might have. Yeah, I'm just saying, I remember you and I yeah. on, the, uh, on the panel for the Dungeon Master that time when well, he, he ran kind of a charity-ish thing. So. He, yeah, so Dungeon Master did that, but it was more... Well, it's different. Could, it's different, but yes. similar. It's different, yes. but similar. So the, the if you do not get into Matt's game, your $25 will go to charity, like straight to charity. You know, Alex and the game hole guys are not taking any of that money. They they usually have a charity that they pick out for every year, every convention, and they donate, uh, you know, money, to, you know, money from these games. There's also extra life that's going on, so there's some live streaming mm-hmm. that's going on for extra life. So Satine and those folks were and uh, Rudy Rutenberg were involved with a year or two ago. So yes, um, yeah, Matt Mercer, that's gonna be. Chaos. So he's running. He will be participating, I think, in Chris Perkins's Extra Life game, and that should be streamed. So even if you before. can't make it, yeah, what's that? They did that last year. They did, yeah. So Mr. You, MC. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. I I pulled that up. I'm like, oh my god, I'm out there. That's oh my god. Terror. I wish I would that. I that was terrible. I was nervous and shit my pants. Had I prepared, I wouldn't have been a big deal, but. Oh my God. Yeah. But anyways, so yeah, that's, that's the latest man. Um, so, and Watsy posted game hole, like, Hey, here's everything we got going on at game hole con. So they are getting quite a bit of industry exposure from some of the heavy hitters. Now it's not just a D and D con ladies and gentlemen. So if you want to bring games that are independently published, small form factor storytelling games, we got play people that are running fiasco. Jim Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick is running. Um, like I can't remember the sign language game, like the sign. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> the silence game where everything is spoken and you can't, you can't talk. We've had under the gaming BS banner, we've had a number of different things. I mean, I'm running a trailer Cthulhu game and a D&D game. Sean has run Savage Worlds before, probably again. We've run all sorts of stuff under the banner, right? I've ran I ran Middle Earth role playing, Warhammer First Edition. We've had people running Dungeon World, uh, all sorts of PBTA stuff, plenty of different things out there. So go through the list, see what's there. And there's always open gaming too. And they've got the games library, the whole bit. So. Yeah, board games. Yep. They're going to have true, true dungeon paths. Yep. So we obviously talk about Game Hole Con just a little bit on the show, obviously. Just we a have bit. Alex on. Yeah, just a little bit. So thanks for folks that are like, I'm never going to be able to get there. God, I'm tired of hearing about that thing. But nonetheless. No, thank you for indulging us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's random encounter it up. Now. Random encounter. <laughs> So we got quite a few random encounters. Some are relatively referencing relatively recent uh, episodes, and some are going back on a couple, nonetheless. Won't you start, man? I will start, Brett says. He defers. Brett, you have the initiative, and he defers. I do. I I, uh, I, I take 20. I'm just waiting. You delay. I reset my initiative. I see. Email from Thomas Hook. Hello, my dude and his holiness. Thoughts on episode 207. I feel that having a player describe the death of a PC is a great way to keep players in the cooperative ownership of the story. 
I try and use player descriptions whenever I can fit them into the game session. I will often ask a player to describe a random tavern the PCs just walked into, or maybe ask a player, how does the leather shop look on the inside? I find this really keeps players engaged, and it also gives the players an outlet for some of their creative ideas. I find with a little note-taking, it's pretty easy keeping track of the descriptions. I also use a voice recorder during the game sessions in case I need to go back and refresh my memory. I started using the recorder just recently, and it helps keep track of things that I was too busy to note down. Plus, it's fun to download the file on my computer and make sound bites of funny things that took place during the session. Sometimes when the party meets NPC, I will ask a player, Hey, how do you know this guy? This will most often catch a distracted player off guard and helps bring them back into the story. Some players say yes, and then I follow up with, what's his name? Well, I'm sorry, my bad. How? Yeah. Okay. What's his name? I find that most often I still have to provide a name for the NPC because most players just say, um, and give up with a chuckle, which is, I'm, that's even harder for D. I mean, that's just, it's hard for DM sometimes. Like, it I do that quite often. Um, <laughs> you do that on the show. I do. I do indeed. <laughs> Some of you have witnessed this. Um, you do run the chance of having an NPC with the name of Shits McCheese or worse, but this just adds to the fun for most of the players. Oh, that's my next player character's name. Shits McCheese. That's Shits freak. McCheese. I usually don't do this with NPCs that have a big impact on the plot, so no one has to remember a weird name for very long. I also play in a group where the DM often asks the player to describe the killing blow they just landed on a monster or NPC. Some players really get into this, and some are more like, meh, it's dead. I feel everything we can do to have the players add to the story is good, as long as we are not causing chaos for ourselves as DMs. DMs shouldn't try and incorporate things that make them feel out of control or overwhelmed. Sometimes just managing a group of rowdy players and keeping the story progressing forward is the best we can do as DMs. I also give death roll descriptions like, on a fail, it could be, you see a white light getting brighter, or maybe when they make a save, it's as if you can still hear the voices of your friends in their struggle to stay alive. I do this more to keep the player invested in the session instead of losing interest in the game with thoughts like, what class will I make next? I wouldn't have an issue with a player trying to do something as he fell from the killing blow as long as it was within reason. This could add some interesting role-playing aspects to the game. Until next time, keep the player characters balanced and the players off balance. Thomas at Beholder's Horde. <laughs> I like that. Thank you, Thomas. That's good stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Thomas. <clears throat> The killing blow versus the, oh, man, it's dead and, and all that stuff. I think that that's really cool. And that idea of keeping people engaged right up until the last bit instead of like, ah, crumple character sheet and, well, what am I going to make next type of thing? I think there's kind of trying to keep everybody engaged all the way to the very end. That's worthwhile. That's very worthwhile. All right, what have we got here? We've got Bill Durfee next. He emailed us, bad dice roller. Bah! <laughs> Ever been an elf that succumbs to a sleep spell? Plus five, save failed, and 95% magic resistant. Snore. <laughs> I've had a few characters die. It's nice to go out heroic. I think of Hudson in the Aliens movie. You want some? <laughs> oh, my God. I remember that guy. <laughs> my favorite was my fighter protecting a spellcaster, carrying my ashes to the lake of fire. Awesome topic. 
there's definitely some really horrible deaths that have occurred in role playing games. You know, you, your classic D and D ones, you get turned to ash or whatever. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's some back in the day. There are there are times where you just are a victim of crazy circumstance, which really sucks. Like it's instant it's, super tetanus. Save or die. Yep. Fail a save. You're polymorphed. You know. A bodek um, looks at you. Die. Damn it. Yeah. yeah. Cataplay boss looks at you. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, and I don't. You know, it's so funny. I wish. I really, really wish. Now, nostalgia is kind of good and bad for some people that love it. Great, but there is something to be said that I would love to have recorded some of our D and D sessions and then play them. Now I would just see how horribly bad they are. Oh my God. It would be (laughs) hilarious. Like just, yeah, it would be too funny. And how did you, you know, how did you survive? Okay. You're in, you know, this is the hall of the Medusa. Like what breaks would the DM give you in order for you to even come close to surviving? Exactly. I don't know. (laughs) Anyways. You want to continue with the next one? <laughs> yeah, that, that was, that was pretty short. Yeah. Uh, Blake Ryan wrote in and he said, last moves about character death. Uh, my Pathfinder game is, was not working. We agreed to have a last battle to tie up the plot threads before starting a new game. The party managed to knock a few mind flares off their brooms of flying and zoom up to their mothership, which was the uh, Yamato, a.k.a. Star Blazers cartoon. The Tarask sitting on deck charged. Two of the party died straight away. The other two had lost mo- most of their hit points. They looked at each other, and one broke off their staff of the Magi, while the other one shoved a bag of holding into a portable hole. They timed it to happen within the Tarask's next lunge. They argued that for a microsecond. They killed the universe. <laughs> so they got enough XP to become gods, and thus they actually did not die. I called BS. <laughs> Good job, Blake. He's <laughs> on to more serious games. Urban Shadows, uh, play, uh, powered by the Apocalypse Modern Supernatural game as an end move for each playbook. Examples. When you die, each character chooses whether your death inspires or corrupts a part of the of their being. If it inspires, they erase a corruption. Advance that, uh, excuse me, advance they have taken, if any. If it corrupts, they immediately take a corruption advance. When you die or retire a character, anyone in the scene you wish to protect escapes and reaches safety, no matter the odds. Keep the dice worms, the zip zaps rolling, fellas. Huh. That's interesting, Blake. Yeah. I like that idea of when you die, anyone else with you gets a little bit of a say. (laughs) Excuse me. I used to do this with uh, Cthulhu and stuff where instead of telling people what they would have for a a temporary insanity or how they would act, I would sometimes – and not even ask the player, I'd ask the rest of the players what happens. What do they think would make the most sense? What kind of horrible psychic pain should we, you know, land on this character who just saw Shoggoth for the first time or whatever? And that was always fun to have everybody kind of involved in that last thing. And this way, this Urban Shadows approach, hey, your end move, when you die or you retire or whatever, you have an impact, not just on, oh, wow, you died in a really cool way or a horribly terrible way but that your death impacted everybody else's PC. That's kind of cool. I like that. I'll have to take another look at it. I have that PDF somewhere. I bought that a while ago. I'll have to take a look at that. That's kind of cool. I'm going to steal that for something else. Over to you, sir. Brian Ross. Oh, good Lord. So Brian's in my, well, has been, has been in my game groups. And he's commenting. Uh-oh. 
Yeah. You know, this is, this could go. This could go poorly for you. Yeah. yeah. Great, great subject. So I think he's commenting on the last one, 207 character death. Great subject. I wish more players could fit into their final passing or at least have a DM that can provide a descriptive end. That's why I love the old crit and fumble tables providing the graphic end. Most of the time, players are so attached to their characters yet don't role play things. Why get pissed when your character dies when you haven't played it? Yes, Sean, more character death. And he puts in a time <laughs> timestamp at 2530, the last one. And then he also added another comment where he mentioned, Sean, I love the idea of rolling that 1d10 for characters that embrace the destiny. Oh, love it. <laughs> so I mentioned in that episode where it would be like a table and, you know, roll a D10, D12, D20, and at that level, whatever they roll, they end up dying, which is a more of a destiny thing. You could inform the players that that's the case, or you could keep it a secret and just railroad the shit out of them and kill them regardless of what happens. <laughs> hey, man, heart attacks happen every day. Am I right, Oh, they Brad? do. People die. Cholesterol, yeah. it happens. Things happen. Yeah. Not my Strokes, fault. heart attacks. Tetanus, tick-borne illness. You were in, you were you sleeping in sleeping in a swamp last night. Last night, tick-borne illness. You die. You know, it's Sean's it's, taking a note right now. Tick-borne illness slays character. There's trains. There's trains. Trains. Trains kill people. <laughs> oh, all the time. Yeah. Buses. <laughs> Especially when you push characters in front of them. <laughs> all all right, that was short. You read the next one. Dinosaurs. All right, another one. All right, short one here. Another short one here. Tony Baker poses a question. Tony Sugarloaf. <clears throat> okay. For those of you in the know. So I'm running a low magic high fantasy game. Yes, a little confusing. Eh, I don't think so. And initially I didn't want any spellcasters. But like a fool, I allowed one. However, he has been successfully killed off. Hey, we'll give that one of those. Hey. <clears throat> However, I have another PC who is trying to become a spellcaster. Should I, A, allow it, B, talk to him about it, C, kill the character, D, other? Thoughts? So, Brett, huh. multiple choice question. Do, 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 all the above. Do, do. <laughs> allow it, e, talk to him about it, and then kill him. E, all of the above. <laughs> Sean, what would you do? If you built a world... Where you initially didn't want spellcasters, and then you loud one, somebody somebody dies, and then another PC says, "Hey, I want to try that too." Would you let them? Do you feel like you've opened Pandora's box at that point? You're like, ah, I can't, I can't say no. It really, it, it really depends on the setting. Like, if your setting isn't isn't what it is, I mean, Midnight, right? Yeah. Okay. Have you have you read that setting, Brett? No, I have the book. I've not read it yet. It's on my have stack. Read it yet? Yeah, that's another campaign setting that's really cool. We yes. should talk about that on as a topic, actually. Absolutely, we should. So Midnight by Fantasy Flight Games is, it, the old adage for that one is, what if uh, Sauron won the War of the Ring? Yeah, I mean, it's evil evil rules, right? So Yeah, so he gets casted to the Prime Material Plane, and the gods have entrapped him there. And in that campaign setting, magic is really bad. So magic is being gathered up by the big bad evil because if they gather enough magic he'll use that to break free of the veil 
And so magic is bad news. You don't want to have magic. They're going to come and find you. They're going to detect you. They're going <laughs> to. Well, the, you know, what's interesting about that is you, every time you have a character or a class or something and you say, these are, these are outlawed or this isn't allowed, or these are the pariahs outlawed players go, did you say outlawed? Did you say not allowed? I'd like to be that thing, please. Because player Which characters are the, tend to be the most important things in the gaming universe, so therefore they would rather be the really cool thing. And the, being the really cool thing is being the last gunslinger, the last, you know, sword, you know, the last great sword thing of the world, or the last, you know, the last of the all-women ninja team, or whatever you happen to be. They want to be that thing because it's really fucking cool. <sighs> so so I, think, I, think, I think this is a tough one. It's honestly tough. Well, to, Sorry. And I was going to say, and to capitalize on what you're saying, Brett, it's almost as if you, if you have a campaign say, setting and there's the Dragonborn race or Tiefling. Yes. And people are like, I want to play a Tiefling. I want to dra- play a Dragonborn. And you're trying to run, you know, say you're trying to run a Lord of the Rings inspired type campaign where those demi races, like halflings are fine, half elves, elves, dwarves, all the standard ones, but not these, right? Which so I there's do. Always, right. And one person will say, yes, I want to be a tiefling or a dragonborn. So some DMs or GMs will say, okay, that's fine. But if you go into town, people are going to look at you weird. Or if you're going to just openly, you know, you're not going to wear a hood and you're going to be open about it. You are going to bring a bunch of attention to you and probably get stoned or thrown out of town or whatever that is. Right. Yep. So I'll let you continue where you left off. No, but <clears throat> all those pieces, I think what happens when you talk to a character, I mean, the first thing, honestly, I think my advice to Tony would be, Tony, talk to the person, the player, he or she or, or whomever it is, and say, hey, look, um, why do you want to do this, right? If they want to do it because they liked what was going on with the spellcaster, they thought it was a cool story arc, they liked to pick up on it, right? Or they thought there was some cool, find out what the, <clears throat> excuse me, damn it, find out what the motivation is. If the motivation is, I just want to be motherfucking Wolverine. I just want to be the coolest, baddest son of a bitch in the in the valley. That's not really good motivation. I mean, there's better ways to do that. It's good motivation. It's okay. <laughs> for some, for some, possibly. Yes. <laughs> but honestly, Tony, I would start with talking to them about it, and then seriously and then listen. Say, to what and they then say. save. And then say. And help. say, oh fuck no, that's just stupid. What's <laughs> that's wrong with dumb. you? Oh my God, I thought you had a good idea. (laughs) That's the dumbest reason I ever heard. (laughs) Call yourself a role player? Oh, wow. I think, um, you know what you should do is, you know, the door you came in, that's when you should go out. (laughs) That's just just saying that's the best place. No. um, This is the podcast where role-playing gamers come and leave the hobby, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, what happened here? (laughs) (coughs) Seriously, though, I would talk to him, find out what the real deal is, and then decide what makes sense, right? So it sounds like you have another PC who wants to become a spellcaster. So they're not right now. That means they either want to abandon their current PC or take their PC and transform them multi-classy, however the hell that is they're going to do it, and become a a spellcaster. You could do the, I'll allow it, but all of these horrible caveats and all these horrible things will then occur, or you'll never get higher than level one. It'll cost you 10 times the number of experience points. You can label, uh, ladle on some horrendous l- levels of difficulty to actually do anything with it, which I think would be totally legit. 
<coughs> excuse me, because the main thing you don't want to do, in my opinion, is wreck the flavor of the setting. Because if you start compromising too much, then it gets ugly. And you don't want to do, as Sean was alluding to, you know, where you say, well, you need to go hooded because you're a dark elf, you're a drow, and people act poorly to you. Well, whatever. When does that ever really happen? Because half the time, everybody forgets I'm even a drow. Ha, ha, ha. You really, whatever you do, if you choose to allow it, and you say, hey, these are the penalties, and people try to stone you, they'll try to burn you at the stake when they find out you're a wizard, you have to seriously fucking follow up on that. If that's really how it works, you've got to do it. If they're like, wow, this is miserable, you get to look them right in the eye and say, I told you it was going to be miserable. Did you think I was kidding? <laughs> my buddy Nick's Star Wars game, my buddy Zave wanted to play, um, <coughs> excuse me, a crazy hardcore cyborg type of thing, like so heavy, damn near all in robot. And Nick went, all right, doesn't really exist. I will make you a thing and it will be incredibly difficult. And he has yet to bend from that. Everyone's well, Zave's like, I, but I really liked it. Nick's like, nope, not possible. Nope, it's not allowed. Nope, you'd have to do this. Well, I want everything. You can't have it. No. And Nick will say no every game, five, six, 18 times, whatever it takes, because he's not giving. He's not going to yield because he doesn't want to compromise the setting. Yeah, it's like playing a cyborg in d and I'm a cyborg. Yeah, no, bad idea. Computers. <laughs> bad idea. <laughs> unless it's unless, crazy unless Gonzo or something. Um, yeah, unless you want to play that way. So again, though, it's the if it fits the setting... Yes. The other thing to consider is, as I, the reason to talk to the player is if they have a really cool thing, your brain may go, wow, that's fucking cool. I've got a potential story arc here. I could take that thing and turn it into something. Yay. That's neat. Um, the danger, though, in my opinion, is if you do that, that character, you have the potential that that player's character is now more special than everybody else. And that player's character is now the center of all attention. So that's something I watch out for. If I have a character, had a player a number of years ago, wanted to be, you know, we're playing Pathfinder, a very specific type of thief with a bizarre splat booky thief thing. And I'm like, why? Well, I just think it's cool. <sighs> okay, um, player, you could do this, 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 and this, and this. Why is this the coolest thing? Oh, because it gets more uh, backstab damage. Okay, that's dumb. There's a better, I'll watch this. Take a level of fighter at first and then sub and then multi-class the thief and be a human. Look at your feats. Oh, wow. Yeah, you could be totally badass that way if that's what you're looking for. Oh, I'll do that. So kind of find out what they want to do and don't be afraid to give them options. That's what I would say. And if and if honestly, if the option if what they want doesn't fit or you don't like it, say no. That's my advice. Is if it doesn't work, you don't want to work with it, flat out say no, it doesn't fit. We tried it. That character's dead. I told you guys magic was incredibly rare. No. I, I think that's I think that is a legit answer. Sean, what do you I mean, at the end of it, would you allow it? What what do you think? I would I would only allow it if it well, I, I guess it would be dependent upon all the rest of the players and what I had in mind for Oh, that's uh, a good point. What do the other players think? What do the other players think? What is the 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 look and feel that you're trying to incorporate into your game? That's probably one of the key things, right? It's kind of like saying, hey, man, I want to play cyberpunk, but I want to be an elvish ranger in cyberpunk. Well, play Yeah, a person always, always wants to be a ninja or a samurai, regardless of what the goddamn game is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, wait a minute, it's not 
that kind of game. There and there's games and settings that people play because it incorporates a certain feel and a certain look. And if that's that may be a different game, and that's okay. So people just have to kind of be flexible in that respect. Agreed. Right in that regard. So, um, so it's not that you, you know, you can say no, of course, or you could say maybe. You know, there's concessions to be made. Um, what does that look like? But yeah, set the right expectations. Really is what that looks like. Yeah, and follow through on it. Yeah, because the expectation is <clears throat> this is going to hurt, right? You might be, you might have people try to stone you in a village. Have someone actually try to fucking stone the dude, right? Right, and not like you know with pot, but like with actual physical stones. Like, you know, right. just really, right. really have people try to kill them. Like, wow, you weren't kidding. The halflings are pissed. They ran, they ran my character out of town. She almost died. Yes, she almost did. Yeah, because the last die. time somebody, because last time somebody came into their town, they were just like that, and it was bad news. They, they killed a bunch of people or they were known to be the enemies of the town townsfolk and yep. here you are just walking in there thinking nothing's wrong well you've brought some baggage and guess what you're you're you can you have a choice you can either leave or you pay the consequences so i think like going even to that brett if you want to say okay that's fine and you want to give the character some some up uh, you're giving them a warning like hey this is kind of the deal and then if they want to continue to do that, you're giving giving them a choice. So they okay. always have a choice. Yep, you can play that thing, right? But I'm letting you know you're going to run into some issues. So then when you run into those situations, you could be like, well, here's one of those choices. You can either go into town or you could potentially get killed. And don't be afraid to remind them that the other players may grow to resent you and your right. character. I mean, because it's that person has the potential to be a huge spotlight hog. Yeah, well, I can't go into town. We can't do that because it, it someone might accidentally throw a rock at me. You fucking picked this character on purpose. God damn it, Becky! Why don't we come on? Let's go. Let's play. You know, <clears throat> you've got to again ask all those questions, make everything as clear as you possibly can. And sometimes the easiest answer is just um, no. It doesn't fit the setting. Yeah. I tried it and. Um, I don't think I want to do it again. It just really doesn't fit the setting. Let's move on. And that's totally fine too. You'll have to let us know which route that ends up, Tony. Yeah. Like, hey, writing back in on this ordeal I had back in episode 208. Let us know if you've, one, allowed it or you didn't allow it. And then if you did allow it or the repercussions, if any. That'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to hear. Yeah, so Mike, Mike P. mails us, apologies if this has shown up as a topic in your backlog. Let's say that you, as a game master, are trying to keep a campaign on track for a set number of sessions, and you run into the issue of having to end a session mid-scenario. Ooh. All right, so he says session, not campaign. Uh, Despite this, you know the player's goals moving forward and feel that it's okay to gloss over the rest of the scenario for the sake of setting up the next one, thus keeping the campaign on schedule. Okay. So everybody follow this situation question. The first one, is this considerate to the players? And then Hmm. the second question is how can this be done without sacrificing player agency? Thanks much. And as always keep up the good work. 
So, Brett, I'll pose it to you and let you ramble about the first <laughs> the first question he poses is, is this considerate to the players? Have you ever, well, first of all, let's back it up. I'm going to put on the Brett shoes. Yeah. Brett? Have, have you ever have done you, this? Have you ever done this, Brett? Have you? <clears throat> hey, Brett. Yeah. Let me ask you something. So, uh-huh. in your games that you run, have you ever come across this situation where you've run out of time in a session? And you need to wrap it up because you want to keep the campaign on track? Let me think about this. I want to say it depends just because I got your shoes on right now. It's just so natural. <laughs> see how, see? It see does, how it easy just, it is? It, it flows. It just flows right from the Isn't shoes it? to the tongue and out. It just, just doesn't matter who's. Moving forward and feel it's okay to cross for the rest of the scenario. So he has a, he's got, hey, I'm going to run a four-session <laughs> campaign. And after those four sessions, it's going to wrap up. This is kind of how it's going to flow and everything's going to be done. So he runs session number two and they're running out of time. They didn't get to the big bad encounter maybe at the end to wrap it all up. And so he narrates that end is what I'm guessing, right? I've never done that. I have moved past a, because I've never had a campaign set for a set number of sessions. I've never done that. I never said this campaign will last 20 sessions or 15 sessions. Well, that's one thing I'm considering for our patron. Actually. It would be interesting to do that. Yeah. What, um, what's interesting. And this session mid scenario. So you don't run a lot of pre pubs, but I could see this happening in like, a, you know, I'm going to run. <laughs> well, when, in Alpha's game, he's running the, uh, the temple of elemental evil, the new one, right? The new five E one. And we, you know, we end in the Earth Temple. We end in the Air Temple, or something. It happens. We're not done with the adventure. Well, but I think that the key is with those situations that you're bringing up is there isn't probably a an, a fixed end time. So you guys will be like, oh, we end where we end, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. we play the next week, and then we play until we end where we end, and then we keep going until the whole campaign is finished. So you guys are playing based on the campaign <clears throat> ending, whenever it is, versus well. We're going to run this for three months, four months, I every think week. I think instead of ending it mid-scenario, my gut would tell me shorten the scenario and get the end in front of them. So would you... So like, it, This is almost like a gaming convention. Yeah. Event. So if I'm running right. it at a con, I'm like, okay, I got a four-hour slot. <clears throat> They're halfway through at hour three. They are really taking a long time. If it's a dungeon, I will snip out these other pieces and wham, the Orc Lord is much closer all of a sudden. And things happen. There's a big brawl. I would escalate faster to allow the players to, because I would feel, I believe, that it would be inconsiderate to the players, quite frankly, if I just said, all right, I'm just going to end this and we'll kind of gloss this over. Because I've, they would feel, slighted. I would feel, were I a player, I would feel like I was cheated. Slighted. Slighted, like, oh, okay, I was having fun, but I guess because you said it's only four sessions, I can't play an extra half hour? What's the deal? Well, and he says mid, so maybe it's a four-hour session and he's... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. My goal, if I I looked at it like you said with a con game, I think it's a good way I would would approach it like that, saying, well, I need to compress it so that they still get... they, They still complete it. I don't complete it for them. They still complete it. I think However that's that a, is. I think that's a big one. Yeah. Is getting the players to, to do that regardless. Because what's going to happen, Mike, is you're going to get, like Brett's alluding to, is if you 
don't let the players feel a sense of accomplishment through their own means. They're they're gonna probably grow tired of that. Unless they like that. And this is a weird one. Where well, because if, if in the, if you've never had the conversation before, like at the set at the beginning of a session zero or something where you've said, Hey, just in case this happens, here's my plan B. If you look at the players and say, Hey, I'm thinking of just cutting this one short, kind of quick verbal narrate my way through it so we can get on to the next bit. Players may be like, well, so what if it goes an extra session? Why do we have to just go four? Can't we go five sessions? I don't know the full uh, pieces around this because I'm if, <laughs> if Mike was here in the room, I'd be asking a lot more questions. I would have more data to work with. Right. But <clears throat> based on what we have here, my thought is compress it. Don't gloss over it. Because if you compress it, to your point, the players will feel like they've accomplished something and they won't feel cheated, slighted or that agency is uh, yanked from them in that the scenario didn't matter. The outcome really didn't matter because what matters is getting to the end of X number of sessions. Right. Which is not that, that prioritization is not, I'm not going to sit well. Like the priority is to get back, get to get through this session or to get to the story. Yeah. But not through the players. Especially if you're playing a game, let's pick on D and D again. And three of the five players die. I, you know, it, the <clears throat> the dice went bad. Um, you might not get to the end of the scenario. You might have to compress things or change it or something. And um, or they're doing really well or whatever. So my advice is, is compress it. Don't gloss over it because of everything we just talked about. Player agency. Um, I don't think it's very considerate in my opinion. I mean, I somebody think- out there is probably like, oh, Brett, you have a big pansy. It's not that well- big a deal, but. You read a lot online about game masters that sit down and run their run their story, not their game. Oh, right? they're there to tell you a story, and you're just like, "Hey, I got it. this is this is what I'm doing. I'm running a I'm going to run a four session campaign, and this is how it's going to start, and this is how it's going to end, and you guys are just going to be along for me to convey my story." Well, I would say I don't so think Mike Mike's, is not <clears throat> Mike's not he's saying he's that. the one. Mike's not saying he's the one running this. But I would assume that if Mike is running it, Mike would not be trying to railroad people through like, hey, I've got a beginning, middle and the end. Buy a ticket. Get I mean, this is that to me is the epitome of railroading. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and I think that's kind of the, that's the feeling, right? Railroading is bad when there's no agency. The scenery sucks and there's no opportunity to do anything. I can't even move from one car to the other on this fucking train. I'm just stuck here. My choice is. Don't have impact. Yeah, my choices do not matter. Right. So. So I think the second question, can this be done without sacrificing agency? My answer is yes. Compress it. Don't gloss over it. And if there's supposed to be a big thing that occurs, bring the big thing forward. Right. Right. Uh, and, And do that because then you can keep the illusion of agency of nothing else. And no one will really give a shit, in my opinion, or my experience, I should say. Because if, hey, they're supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to kill, you know, you know, I don't know, Zap Brannigan, the the crazy, you know, space captain from Futurama. You're supposed to have him murdered by the end of the session and you didn't even get to the fucking ship. Well, just, you know, quantum ogre him or do something, compress this sucker. I would assume, and maybe this is a bad assumption, that if you have a set number of sessions and whatever, you're running a pretty tight ship, right? You've got your stuff, your shit's really laid out and you're ready to kind of cook right through it all. 
So if you've done that correctly, it shouldn't, it should be, this is going to sound horribly simple, but as easy as, you know, snip out the last two rooms of the dungeon and crush the final one up a little bit, you know, add a secret room, do something. But yes, I think that's how you do it without sacrificing agency. I'm sure somebody else listening to this has a much better idea. That's the first one I come up with. Do you have anything else, Sean? I was going to say that it sounds to me like there might be a little time management issue. And I think that's what Brett's saying is how to fix that is to, to compress it. You know, skip a couple encounters, get the last one up, moved up in the timeline, which is, I mean, that's pretty, you know, game con session, you know, 101. And when you start looking at time and crunch and where you are, I always, and always think to yourself, I don't know if you're doing it, Mike, or if somebody else is running this game, but if you're running into that issue. I think players take much longer to do anything than anybody realizes. That's a damn good point. I ran a game, and it's a scenario that's a precursor to Tomb of Annihilation. And literally, it's supposed to be a timed scenario that's supposed to take two to three hours, literally, where they're on a mission, and they're a team that has to raid raid something and then they go and, and which and, rock star laser focused group of gamers did you find it's hard to be and the team that they're on and that the, the objective that they're supposed to be doing is that because up you know in another area there's a diversion from another army or whatever so as the diversions taking place the team is going in subversively and and object you know yeah getting what they need and so that of you know diversion that's happening on the surface with another army isn't going to be happening forever. It's timed. Like they want to get in there, create the diversion for you, and get the hell out of there. And as time goes on, more people get killed. So they need to know that you've got what you need and that you're getting out. It was two to three hours. My my group did six hours easy. Six hours. Well, I'll tell you for, what the other the other thing I, that you yeah, that you said yeah. there that kind of that ran this to me was that. Because if it's a campaign and um, instead of you can, instead of compressing it that session, you can actually compress the next session. Ah, you could start out differently. So you, you could start the next session, finish up the old one and snip a bit farther down. Right. And move the timeline up. So like if you've got clocks running, like, hey, the bad guy will, you know, blow up the, uh, the, the, the castle at this time or he will annihilate the space station at this movement or he'll blow up the planet because Galactus is in town. You can advance the clocks rapidly. You can you can right. up that whole ante, but take the existing session, let it bleed over, if you will, to the to the next one, and speed those pieces up. Sometimes that's actually potentially easier, um, <clears throat> I think, because that gives you enough time between when you end that session that you're in right now that I should drug on and the next one is to figure out, okay, how the fuck am I going to fix this? What am I going to do? You got a little bit of time to drive to work, <laughs> listen to a decent podcast, probably somebody other than us, and figure <laughs> out how you want to do things. Or, you know, where's a better place to cut stuff? And maybe, hey, they're taking a really long time getting through this particular component. Well, you know, Baron Von, badass, and, you know, he's going to show up sooner. Or the, the, you know, the dark queen is going to arrive faster because you're taking too long. So, you know, the lich queen arrives or whatever bad thing happens and they're there. 
you, you can speed things up next time. You don't necessarily have to do it that one. Then they feel like, I think the potential is there that, oh, fuck, we took too long. And <laughs> taking too long has consequences because the world just keeps on moving. The clock just keeps ticking and it doesn't matter um, if it took us an extra six hours to get it done. Oh, shit. We probably shouldn't have dicked around and talked to that hobo for the last 15 hours. We probably should have went after Dracula. God damn it. So that's another thing I think that you could do <coughs> that wouldn't sacrifice the player agency, but would help to keep you on track for your limited number of sessions. Just a thought. Anything else, Sean? No, that's a that's a good one, Mike. Uh, let us know how it ends up happening. Like what what avenue said GM takes and uh, what that looks like. We'd be interested to know about that one. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so this week, that's all we wanted to talk about is cover some of the interesting emails and comments that were written into us. Thank you to everybody that's done that. We appreciate it. We love, 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 love that stuff. We love to, we like the posing of the question too because it gives us stuff to ramble about. Well, not uh, only that, it's it's interesting to see what other people are running into. Right, Because yes. like Passwald's question, I've not encountered it quite like that. So I don't know, you know, again, we're making assumptions and guesses based on all other details behind it. And Tony Baker's question, like, huh, I've been there, but it's a poser, man. How do you how do you do those types of things? So very interesting. And as always, the men and women and folks who listen to us are quite amazing. And uh, you all are way smarter than we are. So thank you again for all of your input. It's really, really cool. Lots of different creative. Uh, what do they say? It's kind of like the mastermind group, right? Yeah. Mastermind. If you're, if you're familiar with a mastermind group, it's everybody comes together and they just share different ideas. And through those different ideas, you can accomplish things that you might not have been able to as an individual. And they, the, the perfect example is you ever watch the movie, what is that? Apollo 11, Apollo 12, Apollo 12, Apollo 13, Apollo the movie 13. with Tom Hanks, Apollo 13. That's when Apollo 13 spoiler, they all, they all live. Yeah, well, but it's a shit storm. Yeah. So what happens is they get everybody into a room and are like, okay, let's everybody get into a room and think about how we're going to fix this thing. And then all these ideas come from a group and then they can, they have more ideas to choose from. That's one of the better ways to troubleshoot IT problems too. You get the right people in the room, the right yeah, but, people. Not yeah, a man- not just the one person. <laughs> not just the one person and not a room full of managers and senior managers because, or I should say senior level managers because- my level up are often not very effective at helping the actual people do work. So I need to kick my ass out of that room. But anyway, yeah, no, good stuff. Very good stuff. So do we have any die roll? I am die rollless. I'm exhausted. I did not get into die roll. I did not. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's interesting stuff that are, that is out there, but I did not bookmark any for this week. Well, I'll tell you what, um, one of the things I talked about with Angela Murray and Tom Flanagan, and I actually talked about this a lot um, while we were at, Queen City Conquest was kind of the art of the smash cut when you go from one when you bounce between scenes like when players are separated and different things are happening you cut between characters and whatever cut cut scenes cut scenes I've heard them called smash cuts or cut scenes so next time we'll talk about the the art thereof or at least how Sean and I do it and we'll see uh, we'll see where we go and we'll probably be proven wrong by many other people but we'll try cut scenes yeah sometimes there's uh, some games that like facilitate like the it's a scene. Okay, yes. that's done. Next scene, right? So it'll be interesting conversation with the Bradster. We'll see how it works. All right. Well, I want to thank uh Eric Avia uh, or Avila. 
for supporting the show. Thank you for doing that. Um, yeah, so this is another episode of Gaming and BS. I am Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all. This episode of Gaming and BS brought to you with the help from the following BSers. Handy Hall, Corey Wynn, Graham Minert, Joe Swick, Brett's Biggest Fan, Forrest Gary, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Sean Nicholson, Tim Jensen, Remy Billado, Jason Hobbs, Wayne Humphleet, James Carpio, Pure Mongrel, Lord Tentacle, Corey Johnston, Brandon Barnes, Dan LaValle, C.W. Mellencamp, The Lost Sailor, Misdirected Mark Productions, Christopher Gray, Finolf, Merkel Froelich, Eileen Barnes, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Todd Crapper, Wiss Static, Alexander Auerbach, Neil Benson, Chris Steele, Eric Hoffman, Kyle Winter, Christopher Lang, Curtis Takahashi, Mark Tasaka, Larry Hout, Ray Otis, Ron Bishop, Craig Huber, Xavier G, JV, John Hammersley, The Closet Gamer, John Steve, Jared Rasher, Mark Richmond, Thomas Hook, Chad Glayman, Sky, Roger Braslett, Craig, Howard Bishop, Jim Fitzpatrick, Peter Skanes, Josh Wallace, Corey Welch, Eli Kurtz, Petiri Turtianen, Edwin Nagy, Bruce Cunnington, Aaron Coleman, Tim Shorts, Angus, Rolfer Guild, Gordon Cranford, Eric Salzweedle, Matt Cyberlick, Jack Neller, Robert Nemeth, Eric Bontz, Palladian, Ron Blessing, Brian Kurtz, Knights of the Night Crew, Laramie L. Wall, Kevin Lovecraft, Evan Harrison Cass, and Malcolm Cool. For ways to support the show, head over to GamingNBS.com forward slash support dash us. Thanks, BSers! This has been a Litterbox Studio production. production.